Good evening, geeks and gamers, and welcome to the Mythicast. Podcast sponsored by Mythico Studios right here in downtown Randolph. That sounds worse. Which is right next to Sakasana, New Jersey. I think we should still consider ourselves Sakasana. I mean, literally across the street. Uh, Exactly, about four feet away from Sakasana. Yeah, and Sakasana is so much cooler than Randolph. Totally, totally cooler. Who are you? I'm Father Time, your host, with my buddy and co-host, Lord Mortis, the tip of the spear. What's going on, people? I think I'm too far from the mic, but I'm tired today, Father Time. Why are you tired, Lord Mortis? Because we're moving stuff to the new location in Mawa. Mawa. Another Native American word. Yes, it is. Right along with Sakasana. Yeah, so it's a good way to sort of launch into what we're talking about today after we talk about the news. So, you're But before we talk about the news, we have a surprise guest here today. What? Really? Really? It's true. Oh, there you are. It's our (laughs) resident nation's expert. We never really decided whether we were going with a nickname or not, so... Does he have a nickname? Screw it. Well, on on the Discord, uh, I'm usually listed as Cerberus. Cerberus. Mm, okay. Definitely not Matt, but Cerberus. <laughs> Cerberus. Cerberus the Matt. E- either works. Okay. Well, we're going to use both anyway. Okay. Yeah. So Matt, Cer- here Matt, Matt Cerberus. <laughs> Matt Cerberus is here to uh, help us talk about the nations. He was one of the uh, designers in the Mythic Americas uh, design team process and mm-hmm. design team. Um, spent most of his time looking at the nations. As a matter of fact, probably spent 100% of yeah. his time. Some some people might go so far as to say too much time with <laughs> so, the nation. Some people might yeah, say that. And, uh, and I may have a fixation with that. So. Don't we all? You have a family connection. I, I, I do. And the first step is to admit your problem, right? Yeah. And then embrace the problem. That's right. So, so, I, I do. I, I have a family connection to this. I have a deep respect for, uh, for indigenous people. And, um, you know, I, I became very inspired to try to make sure that um, this faction was um, as good as it possibly could be and it, and it um, represented um, these diverse people in the best possible way. And I think you've done a killer job of that. Plus, they're badass. Badass is right. Badass. They are badass. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Um, so before we keep going, because obviously we're just like on a hair trigger to dive right into Mythic Americas, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to talk about the news. News. I have nothing. You have nothing? No news no, nothing for me. Nothing at all? I have nothing. Unless you want to hear about me planting trees or digging up stumps, I have mm. nothing. Yeah, probably not, right? Talk about my diet. Uh, how is your diet going? It sucks. Yeah? It's not <laughs> going well? Diet. <laughs> right. Did you go to your massage therapist? I did go to my massage therapist. It was quite good this week. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Does that help? Uh, yes. A combination of massage therapy and chiropractic keeps my back in tip-top shape. Hmm. I went to a chiropractor for the first time yeah. about a month ago. Snap. Destroyed my back. Crackle. It's, it hurts every day now. Yeah. I think it's a scam. Um, be careful because my wife is a retired yeah, chiropractor. That's why I said it. <laughs> she, I've heard it. We've all heard it. I know. I know. All I know yeah. is she has magic hands and keeps me going. No, actually, my back is much better. I've never done it before. And I was like, oh, my God, my back is making those noises. So it was good. Uh, it's actually been very helpful. So good. Um, all right, news. What do we have? News. Uh, well, we're first of all we're recording in our freezing news studio. It's it freezing, freezing in here, isn't it? right? The air conditioning works. That's good. So this is our new streaming studio. You can't see it because we're podcasting, right? Um, but it looks awesome, and you're going to see it once we do our battle reports. Matt, right. you're going to play in one of those battle reports. Yeah, absolutely. And the new studio was just. Oh, wait, what's awesome. your nickname again? Cerberus. Cerberus. <laughs> or, or Matt. Either okay. is fine. All right. Cerberus, I'm never going to remember. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be streaming from this studio, um, which uh, looks fantastic, and in our new Mythicos Minis offices here in uh, Randolph, New Jersey. So that's news. We've cut the cord from the old office. We did. We did. As of yesterday. That picture was sad. It was a little sad to see it completely empty, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That tiny little place, that's where we started. So, um, and then what else news? Uh, I just came back from Mawa, Mawa, where the second studio out of three studios is opening up. And it looks amazing. Really amazing. It looks, I mean, it's, it's huge. 20 permanent tables. The guys have been there pretty much every day, 24 hours a day, just making the place look awesome. Um, tables are coming in this week. The carpenters are moving in, the flooring. So it should be ready for November 6th. Is the grand opening at the wow. target? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, so exciting. So I think John Russell from Warlords is coming to run a bunch of demos. 
Um, yeah, it's kind of cool to see it. It's right next to a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm going to be so fat. And next to a <laughs> supremely good Mexican restaurant. Really? Maitland. Yeah, really good, dude. Uh oh, field trip. Oh, yeah. No, it's really, really well, we good. We really do have to do a field trip. We've got to check it out. Do you know sure. what the name of the uh, Mexican restaurant is? Guess. Flatulence? No, the Aztec. Oh, yeah. no way. Yeah, that's what nice. it's called, the Aztec. That's cool. I'm like, oh, freaking fantastic. Oh, by the way, don't forget, no cursing. It's a family show, right? Flatulence is not a curse word. That's right. So no cursing. I'm just saying that I was is, getting, that was just. Geez. So is badass like on the edge or is that okay? Badass is allowed. Cerberus already used that term. I, yeah. I did. And I don't want to chase away any of our listeners. No, no, you, yeah. no. Look, there's only yeah. about six. Whoever yeah. listens to but us uh, is hardcore, so <laughs> we should definitely uh, be grateful to them. All right, so um, I don't know about news. I mean, the, the um, Mythicos HQ studio is doing really well, even with all the COVID you know, regulations and, and uh, everybody running around disinfecting, and uh, everybody, again, continues to be amazing, wearing their mask and keeping social distancing and all that other good stuff. Um, I, I think the place looks great, and and the customers actually appreciate, or or some of the parents, or yeah, the rides of the customers really appreciate the masks. So you know, because I got to tell you, if you own a hobby store here in New Jersey, just do me a favor, just have people wear masks because you're losing customers. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you're losing customers. You need to realize that parents don't want to drop their kids off at your stores if if the owner is walking around without a mask. It's just not going to work. What is happening? What is that noise? It's Lizzie painting. Is that what that is? What is she painting with her hair? I don't know. Like a scraper or something. That's so weird. Okay. Well, if you hear something in the background, that is my daughter who decided to uh, pitch in and help and paint the other side of those studios. The wall of studios. Oh, that's her again. She's kind of wearing more paint than she's getting on the wall. (laughs) She's doing a good job. Actually, I was shocked to see how good she is. I'm like, wow, that's kind of amazing. So, um, all right. That's it for news. Um, No new games, no new releases. Yeah, Mythic Americas was announced to great fanfare since we had our conversation. Um, In fact. Yeah. So, and I think we talked about, you know, getting purchases from around the world. So that was great. Warlord's doing a a killer job with the production of the models. And I've seen some of the packaging. It looks amazing. So I think we're we're definitely going to make the December timeline that we discussed. I know that UK, the UK is going into some sporadic or strategic lockdowns in some cities. Yeah. Uh, that as of yesterday or something, they have like a three-level... Yeah, I saw Liverpool is is, is locking down. Yeah. Paris is locking down. Um, smart, yeah. I mean, smart. Yeah, yeah, it's coming back and they're trying to be strategic about it. So there may be some issues for everybody, but I, I you know, as far as we're concerned, we're on schedule for December release. And New Jersey's doing pretty well as far as keeping people safe. Yeah, I get it. You got to give it to them. You know, it's been amazing. We keep the numbers down. So hopefully, I don't know how long that's going to last now that everybody's moving inside. But fingers crossed. Um, What else, news-wise? Any GW um, releases? There's been a bunch of GW releases. You know, lots of um, Space Marines and Necrons, Mm. which are, you know, of course, totally beautiful. They keep upping their their quality. We do have to get on the table, you know. We do have to play some games, yeah. Well, we're playing tonight. We're playtesting tonight, aren't we? Yeah, we're playing Mythic Americas tonight. Um, New secret faction that's going to go into production. That's good. Maybe, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You put a list together for me? I did. Oh, good. Okay. I think I have some models, too, somewhere. You're going to need them. (laughs) Lots of models. Okay. okay. Um, Super cool faction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, This one should be kind of close to my heart, so let's see how it goes. Um... That's it, man. I think that's all I got news. I'm sure I missed something. Somebody's going to go, oh, you forgot them. Like, okay. That's why we need Joe here. Uh, yeah, where is... Oh, Joe. Oh, well, I got to tell you a funny story. All right, this is funny. All right. So, <laughs> Poor Joe. Then, all right, so Joe goes, oh, I can go to work today. I'm like, why? Why can't you... You, you got all this stuff to do. Birthday? No, 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 not another... Pants. No, no, no. That's not... Uh, I think that's not allowed. And then... Uh, okay. Not, um, but... Um, it's, uh He's like, no, I'm waiting for a refrigerator to be delivered. I'm like, oh, dude, what? What? So, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So he takes the day off of Mark and, uh, to wait for the refrigerator. And then I didn't hear anything from him until a few hours later. He, I can basically hear his screaming from all the way from where he lives to here. And I found out that whatever refrigerator he ordered oh, no. doesn't fit through the front door. Oh, no, no. <laughs> 
So they had, oh, this is after they took the old refrigerator out and put it on the truck. Can you imagine his wife just absolutely giving, oh my God. Uh, So, and then you know how he gets nervous when it's like, when it's a very stressful situation, he gets all fiddly and it turns red and it's, oh God, I feel bad for him. Uh, After I was done laughing, I really (laughs) felt bad for him. Poor Joe. Poor Joe. But he did make out because he got a... Better refrigerator for less money. That's what that was. So there was a good side to that story. So um, next time for the listeners, if you buy a refrigerator, don't make the rookie mistake of not not measuring the front door. <laughs> yeah, measure first. Measure first. Yeah. So does that mean he is or he is not bringing the cold beer later? No, he is definitely not. He's not coming today. Tomorrow is his day. Today was supposed to be his day, but today was the replacement refrigerator delivery. So that's a two day project. Uh, that's all the news I got. Well, that was important news right Hugely there. Hugely important. Everyone needs to keep up on it. Everyone Joe's, is happy uh, that Joe got a new refrigerator. Um, that's it. Cool. All yeah. right. So, our, so what we plan to do now for the next at least two weeks, and obviously you and I want to start playing games and streaming them. Yep. And so we, I, I really just grabbed the nation. So I'm going to be playing the Tribal Nations. Yay. So this is Mythic America's streaming with Father Time and Lord Mortis. Uh, so we can start showing off the game uh, live, mm. so to speak. Yeah. Um, I grabbed Tribal Nations mainly because many of the models are already painted, and I painted a lot of them, so I feel like... And they uh, look beautiful. Oh, I, they look so good. I, yeah. It's sexy. I like it. And uh, I dumped the Aztecs on you, even oh, though... nice. <laughs> <laughs> even though... I know that there are uh, a lot of miles painted there too, so it's really we've been painting for the for the photos and books and packaging and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we get to leverage that stuff on the table, mm-hmm. but we still have more models to paint. First, we have to get them and uh, to build out the final lists. Yeah, for our games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, all of the painting <coughs> and um, all that stuff um, is is moving to a whole another level with with our friends at uh, Warlord Games. Right. So, um, but for for us, for our tabletop games, we're going to be painting our own armies so we can get some games. And now we're going to get some scenery as well coming in. We started printing some of the 3D scenery the other day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So we should have some beautiful tables to play on as well. I can't wait to see the full war bands on the table. Uh, it's going yeah, awesome. to be yeah. awesome. It's, it's exciting. So we're aiming for that. And what I figure we could do would be to take a deep dive into those factions that we're going to play and those lists that we're going to play. So tonight, in honor of Matt and Cerberus being here, mm-hmm. I figure we do the Tribal Nations. We do yes. a deep dive into the units of the Tribal Nations. We can talk about the magic of the Tribal Nations. And then we can talk about the list that I expect to be playing for the Tribal Nations. Did he put that list together for you? No. No, I you put, put it together yourself? Put list together. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Wait, wait. He had some- it's fully optimized. Uh-oh. However, mm-hmm. I will tell you, it's optimized for coolness, not <laughs> not necessarily for. So now battle you have an excuse for why well, you I, lost the game. I have I have to say, um, I was trying to put a list together, but I and to be fair, I was trying to put a list together based on the models that I know are painted. Um, that's, because that's fair, hey, I'm lazy, um, but. It was really hard because mm-hmm. they have so many cool units, and they're. I think they may be the most flexible of all the factions out there as far as varying lists. Um, and we can talk to that as we go through the units. But I mean, there are several different uh, directions you can take with this with this uh, army. So for sure, and and whether or not you're talking about an ever living warband. Or an ever-changing warband, they can play very differently. So there's a lot you can do with them. I really love the tribal nations just because they're so flexible, and you can. uh, The one thing you can guarantee is you're going to disrupt your opponent's plan, whatever you field. It's it's really about how you want to disrupt their plan. So, let me ask you a question, Cerberus. Why tribal nations? I mean, I'm hearing uh, people on the discords or on the, the forums talking about why we lump all the Indians, you know, the indigenous American Indians into one faction. And, and the first thing I would say, being one of the designers here, is, you know, you may be speaking a little too soon before you see the other factions that come out. 
But give us a, a sense of the logic that went behind that. Okay. Yeah, and that, that's a great question. And um, it's actually encouraging to see these kinds of comments out yeah, there. Yeah, I agree. Because there's a sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the potential of we're going to lump all these people together as a bunch of engines, like you mentioned, was there. And we were very sensitive about that as we designed this faction. Um, Lord Mortis mentioned before that I'm, I'm close to this faction, and I am. And so I have, um, I have Cherokee heritage. And I remember when I was 10 years old, my family took a trip to visit my great-grandmother um, in Oklahoma on the Cherokee Reservation. And we got to go and, and, and spend awesome. time with them. My great-grandmother, my great-grandfather, who was in his 80s at the time, um, b- almost blind, and I was this 10-year-old kid at that point from New Jersey who shows up with my pet turtle, right? And didn't know where, you know, just an annoying 10-year-old kid. The, the turtle got loose in Oklahoma right? oh. and, and <laughs> crawls off into the brush oh, Jesus! right overnight. And I'm heartbroken because my best friend is a turtle. That we, we could do a deep dive into all the things wrong with that, too. There's some psychology here that we have to explore at some point. So yeah. my 80-year-old blind great-grandfather says, no problem. I got it. He heads off for like an hour into the brush. Now, Oklahoma, if you've never been there, is basically made of weeds and rattlesnakes, <laughs> right? It's the most horrible place, which is why the the the... Um, indigenous people were forced to go live there because it was like, where do we want to put these people that we don't have to live anymore? That's the worst place. Let's put them there. So this poor blind guy goes off with his dogs and damned if he doesn't find my turtle, track it down and bring it back. Wow. That's awesome. And it would, it, it blew my mind. Now, meanwhile, he would always talk about his wife as being the Cherokee, right? He never admitted to being Cherokee himself. And through our, our hmm. um, genealogy, um, we, we've traced that back, traced the family um, back. I'm actually um, a member of the, the Cherokee Nation, a voting member of the Cherokee Nation, as are my children. And it wasn't until much later that I found out that as much Cherokee blood as my great-grandmother had, my great-grandfather had more, but lied about it his whole life. Oh, Why? And he lied about it because he was embarrassed. He was ashamed of his heritage. Wow, why? And that broke my heart. Oh, my God. Right? Kidding, yeah. It, that broke my heart, that we have people in our country who have been made to feel that way. Did, he ever tell, did you ever have a chance to speak I, to him? I never had a chance to speak to him. Huh. About it. it was only after he passed that I, that I found that out. Wow. Did your grandmother ever, you know, ex- great-grandmother ever express any... To, I mean, did you, that's she, interesting. I'm fascinated by this. She had more pride, but she was like a fiery woman. Hmm. You know, she she was a fiery woman her whole life, and her brothers. But and they stuff lived like in that. a reservation. They lived in a reservation. Um, it, she would crack me up when I was a poor college kid. She would send me the like grade D food that they the government would give them. God. Like I would get these cardboard containers of grade D peanut butter that the government gives her and she's like, you're a college student. You need this more than I do. And she would send me stuff oh, like that's that. That's awesome. That's adorable. Wow. But when we approached the tribal nation's design, we really wanted to, to, to bring it back to the, the original question. We wanted to make sure that we were celebrating these cultures. And that's, that's a, a theme you'll see with any of these factions. We're not appropriating them. We're not playing to stereotypes. Um, but we're also trying to celebrate some of the mythology and just some of the um, the amazing culture that we we don't hear about, right? Everybody knows about these, you know, these Norwegian mythology that Tolkien um, popularized. We don't know about, and we're, and we're Americans. We don't know about a lot of the mythology that's. And what we do know country. is kind of stuff that's been uh, stereotyped over the years. Yes, yeah. especially from like Hollywood. 
You know, you, you yeah, think yeah. of the movies, you see the Cowboys and Indians, and it's... Uh, but well, and there aren't yeah. any movies for any of the others, you know, when you go well, down even, south. Well, uh, even where I live, I live in Mendham, New Jersey. Yeah. You know, um, that's, a, that's a, a center for a lot of the nations in, in you know, here in, in New Jersey and the East Coast. Most people don't know that. They don't know yeah. the history of... The, the, the folks who were here before uh, the Europeans moved in. So it's what we do get is we get, you know, um, very genericized and kind mm-hmm. of stereotypical kind of depictions of, of, of these amazing people. Yeah. And so what, what our fans will notice and our critics for that matter will notice is we've handled the tribal nations faction a little bit differently than we have, say, the Aztecs, mm-hmm. right? Because tribal nations represents so many different tribes of people, we have handled uh, some of the the differences, celebrate the different um, tribes within the unit itself rather than the nations. So as we do our deep dive into the units, you're going to notice that some of the units are representative of a particular tribe, like the Mohawk, right, or the Seneca. Right. Um, it really opens up a lot of opportunity for us. And whereas we started um, with the Iroquois um, tribes, there are a lot of other tribes across the the country in North America um, that have a lot of potential um, to become future, um, you know, future units in this. Um, the balancing act and what made this difficult was we are still designing a game, right? Not a historical simulation. And so it had to fit within the mechanics of the game. And I, somebody asked me a question about this the other day, um, and I, I'm trying to give you the best explanation in the simplest manner that I, that, that I can. So when we were all writing these books and these factions, you know, it, it's very, uh, uh, we all very quickly realized that, you know, we're never going to be, even if we work the next 15 years on this project and wrote 10 dozen books, we're never really going to be able to give you other than uh, a, a scratch on the surface of these amazing cultures, all of these cultures right. that we're exploring, right? So the best way I can describe it to you is, and I'm going to try to do this in every podcast and every, t- every time I talk about Mythic Americas, is that we're trying to give you an intellectual itch that you can scratch by doing a lot of your own research. So like today, I would tell you, when you're done listening to this, go find out how many nations make up the tribal nations groupings in, in mm-hmm. North America, just in the U.S. alone. Like find out, go back into some of the history because this is a very varied and rich group of uh, nations, tribes within this sort of aggregate. And so that's w- one of the reasons why we did it this way. But you know, as we go through this, you'll see that um, really we want to give you an intellectual itch. And I think what you're doing with the, with the tribal nations is beginning to put on the table some different uh, nations within the aggregate, right? I mean, Ab- that's really the idea. Absolutely. So, we- so, so Matt, tell me about um, tribal nations collectively. I mean, there, there is a definition for tribal nations. And I, I know that there are some very specific tribes that are included in the tribal nations. And I also know that we, we keep close to that, but I don't think we're perfect on our representation. I mean, that's okay. I mean, we're doing the best we can within a gaming system. Um, and what's the long term that tribal nations really means, <laughs> which I can't pronounce so, oh, of, of this group, what's so these are based off of right now two of the tribes of the Iroquois Confederacy, and that's the name that the French gave to them. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly, our focus is a pre Columbian mm-hmm. um, version of these. Now, collectively, they refer to themselves as the people of the longhouse, and in their own words, and I'll probably butcher the pronunciation of this, but is um. Hawanos uh, Sawney, I believe, is it. Um, and when we were researching this tri- these uh, units, mm-hmm. that was a primary source for us. We went to those resources. We went to the resources of the tribe themselves, and and what they share, and um, and they really there. There's a wealth of resources that they make available um, about their their culture and their societies. And things like that. 
There is, um, in terms of mechanically for the game, the technology level of most of these tribes that we're talking about was the same, right? Like pre-Columbian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're talking about um, we're talking about bone and stone and wooden weapons primarily. Right. No mm-hmm. guns, no, no horses, no guns. Um, most of these um, these tribes had moved beyond the the level of technology of the spear and had the bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that the bow and arrow plays a role. And these were hunter societies, and their warfare reflected that hunting. So when they went to war, they utilized the same skills that they had honed through subsistence hunting. And so when you play a tribal nation's war band, that's the hunter mentality. You want to assume the hunter mentality. Put on your hunter cap on. You're, yeah. you're stalking through the woods. You're ambushing. You're attacking from range to weaken your, your prey. And then you're pouncing. Boy, and wait a minute. Isn't ambush something that's on the side of the order dice? Correct. Okay, Correct. that's good. And, and every time we've... Um, so Lord Mortis and I have done several podcast interviews over the last week and whenever we're talking about the nations i always describe them as a hit and run type of play style which i think is fairly um accurate yes absolutely that so they are not a form a shield wall and go head to head that's that's not what they do they are not armored they they (laughs) are not going to grind they're not armored um they're not inhumanly fast, right? Like, um, now within the mythology of Mythic Americas, there are also, we, we really do lean into um, how, how well they were balanced with nature. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, the mythological tribal nations of Mythic Americas also make use of wildlife to help them. Yeah, right? which is awesome. Right. Um, particularly wolves and eagles. Right, which which really help um, to 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 be those fast strike units um, to support the uh, the human elements of the so, warband. Cerberus, let me uh, let me uh, ask you to do something because I think I, I found this fascinating. I did not know this, right? And not that I know everything, because I know very little. Um, but you were telling me when we decided to uh, to talk about um, next projects for you to work on. Um, you told me about a, a historical, um, um, I guess, a point in history of one of the nations specifically that they're very proud of, right? Uh, and so why didn't you, because, uh, by the way, we do this in the rule book uh, as well, and we're, we'll try to do this in our podcast and in our PDFs. You know, as we're going and we start talking about rules and things, we'd like to insert, in, in, in a, so with the premise of, you know, giving you a mental itch that you go and do more research, um, we try to insert little factoids, you know, from the history mm-hmm. of these of these groups. And you told me one that I was like, "Holy crap, I didn't know that." And then I went and I did the research, and sure enough, there it was. So, can you share so, with me? So, are we te- we're teasing? Yeah, just go ahead and te- no. I don't. I think right now, uh, frankly, tell us about the Chickasaw because I I okay. thought that that part of their history was incredible, and I think it's important for people to know. And we'll get into this a little later on, but I think it's important for people to know. That this is not going to be in any way a static game. In other words, right. we write the factions and we're done. We move on to the next thing. We are going to add to each faction. We're going to add models to each faction. We're going to add nations to the nations. We're going to add entire aggregates of nations to the to the collection. You know, certainly from North America. So, but so just give us a little bit of that uh, of that history. Okay, so we have been uh, looking very closely at the Chickasaw Nation. And um, and how they might fit into the tribal nations faction uh, within Mythic Americas, and they really have a remarkable history. Um, arguably, one of the most important um, Native American tribes to the history of the United States, as we know it. Um, they um, they were supporters of of the English um, during the French and Indian War, um, and and really. Um, you know, it's, there are some people who credit um, the United States being an English-speaking country with the Chickasaw um, Nation. Mm. But probably one of the um, 
one of the historical events um, that when you read about it and you hear um, people of Chickasaw heritage speak about this, they, that they have particular pride, is their first encounter um, with European invaders, okay? And, you know, in school we all learn about the Spanish conquistadors and how they came through um, in search of, of gold and glory um, and they, you know, they, they just devastated um, the indigenous people and did horrible things to them. Um, are, are responsible for the decline of, of the Aztecs and the, and the, and the Inca empires, um, some civilizations that at that time completely, like easily rivaled anything you saw in Europe. Yep. But through disease and, um, and superior technology and just the fact that they were able to exploit the social structures of those people. That's, that was key. Yeah, they, they wiped them out. So the Chickasaw, their first encounter with the Spanish went a different way. And so a famous um, conquistador named Hernando de Soto arrived in Florida around where uh, is modern day Tampa, began to um, really just sort of subjugate all the people that they could find, force them to carry their equipment, things like that. They had about 700 armored um, like soldiers, professional soldiers, and marched up through Florida into the southeastern part of the United States um, around, I believe, the Mississippi River area and encountered the Chickasaw. Now, the Chickasaw were the dominant, the militarily dominant tribe in that region. They had an encounter. Um, they wound up taking some hostages. And what the Chickasaw did was they bided their time. They waited until the time was right. And they ambushed these 700 conquistadors and like basically burned all of their stuff. Um, if you read the accounts, mm-hmm. the firsthand recounts mm-hmm. of some of the Spanish at the time, they credited God with saving them. They were like, there's no way we should have survived that. They've destroyed all of our stuff. Let's get the heck out of here. Right. And they, you know, they headed, they headed out of that region. And honestly, the only reason they survived is because of the the way the the war culture was in that part of of the world, the Chickasaw were following their rules of engagement that they they had with other tribes, where they would come in and they would be savage warriors, but they wouldn't kill everybody. They would kill enough people to let you know that you've been whooped, right? Right, and then they destroyed all of their equipment. But that that. Um, campaign of invasion or whatever you want to call it was snuffed out by that encounter. And it probably preserved their society for another hundred years. Um, and what's the term they use for that <clears throat> historical uh, moment? They call it their, their first encounter. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the kind of stuff you're going to discover from a history point of view. Yeah. You're going to discover some incredible uh, stories uh, like that. And you're going to find the same when you start looking into their mythology and some of the, some of the background, um, it, both of which you know, are obviously motivators for the game. But um, I, when I first read that, I went back and, and did more research. And really, I just, I just thought, wow, there's so much more here, uh, even with the Chickasaw. I wasn't a, a, aware of a lot of what I you know, subsequently ended up reading. So anyway... Let's go back to the rules. But they're going to go, but wait a minute, there's no Chickasaw in the... Not yet. All right, there you go. Not, not yet. We're looking, at, we're looking at how do we celebrate that bit of history. Yeah, and that was right? a good word that you snuck in their campaign. So let's, let's leave it at that um, and let's go into, into what you wanted to do for all the time, which I think is, is, is great, which is really kind of go and have an overview of the various units within the warband, right? Yeah, well, I love hearing about the Chickasaw, too, because after Matt told us about that, I did the same thing. I went and I read it all, and, and it was well presented. Thank you. Um, but it's also how badass those guys were. Yeah, and, it's awesome. And just snuffed them out. And also the Stop approach it. that, well, we kicked your <laughs> We don't have to kill you all. We just have to burn right. your stuff. Yeah. You don't come back here. It's like sending a message. Yeah, and then the other guys are like, oh, my God, we were saved by God. Well, mm, uh-huh. you were kind of maybe, maybe, maybe that's what it hey. was. 
But God, at the end of the day, it said he works in mysterious ways. That's right. right? So <laughs> this, is, this is one of the ways. <laughs> so there you go. All right. So let's get into uh, let's get into units. Let's, you want to get into it? Okay. Yeah, I think um, so. So every unit, um, no, every faction mm-hmm. within Mythic Americas, just like every faction in the Warlords of Erewhon, is led by a warlord mm-hmm. um, under various names, and that is the same in all of our Mythic Americas um, factions as well. Mm-hmm. You'll see that they're going to be unique and different. They're not just all, you know, generals marching out and killing. Um, and I, I think you could probably say the same thing about the Sachem, which is our warlord for the nations. Um, and Sachem the, Sachem, the word itself, is actually um, has an Algonquin uh, background to it. So it is like flirting with the nations, but whether it is, you know, and also with the Huron uh, tribes. Right. The, so. the tribes in that region use mm-hmm. that term for a leader in times of conflict. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's important to, I mean, it's actually sort of interesting that these societies uh, were matriarchal, right? Mm-hmm. They were run by, or, or you know, the, the custodian of the well-being of the community were women, but and the women would pick the sachem, mm-hmm. who's leading the men to war, right? So okay, so let's just here's here's the way I plan on doing this, right? Let's just read through the stats, okay? And yeah. and as we run into terms that may be different from what we know with warlords of Erewhon, we'll explain it. It's going to happen mighty quickly because the first thing you notice is that your sachem is armed with a tomahawk which is a weapon that is not described in the yeah. Warlords of Erewhon world. Um, he's got all of the nations sport better than average agility. Mm-hmm. Um, their accuracy is average, although some of them may be better than others. Um, their strength is average. Their resistance is average. And that's a very, very important thing to keep in mind because... Um, they're not armored up. So if you go against a faction that has armor, you have to be aware that you may not survive a, an ongoing confrontation. Um, their initiative, at least for the Sachem, is actually high. He's higher than average. And his command is a, is a little higher than average, but average for essentially a, a warlord type. So we're talking in numbers, 655588. Okay? Yeah. Um, so that's your Sachem. Uh, he's going to have uh, Mohawk warriors as his bodyguards, and we'll get into Mohawk warriors as a specific union unit later. Um, but the one thing I wanted to mention was the tomahawk. Yes. Go ahead. And and so the tomahawk um, is an upgrade option for um, for some of the tribal nations' units. Um, strength plus one, and strike value one. Uh, and also can be used in exchange of missiles. So some of our... Uh, this is pretty sweet, by the way. Oh, yeah, oh they're it's pretty sweet. They're awesome. So some folks who are particularly historically um, well-versed are going to say, hey, hold on a second. Mm. Oh, they're rivet counters. That's what we call them in uh, the modeling world. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to say, wait a second. Tomahawks, this is pre-Columbian. We don't have tomahawks yet. So there were striking implements, sure. and, and tomahawk comes from the Algonquin term of to strike, mm-hmm. right? And there were all kinds of tomahawks at the time that were made out of stone and bone and wood and things like and, that. And the war clubs they had. I mean, now they were yes. they were more than just a club. You yes. know, they had huge you know spikes, and they were very well shaped to act a lot like tomahawks. Yeah, and certainly later on, the trade axes. Um, really supplanted that and became the tomahawks that we all know and, and are Love. just... Uh, but I think it's important to note here yeah. because I, I, it's really, really important to... Obviously, you're incredibly well-versed and I think of, of, of the entire group, A, you have the genealogical chops, uh, B, you also have the the, uh, <clears throat> the educational chops because you're supremely well-researched in, in all of these uh, facts and factions and histories. But I think one of the things that we decided was um, early on, because we we need to be flexible in, in, in our end goal of adding as many of these nations as we can within right. the overall picture, 
that we were going to take some small liberties and stretch yes. the history line a little bit, right? So if a tomahawk, if we're early 100 years on the tomahawk, the actual term or the picture of what we see as a quote-unquote standard tomahawk. It's going to look like a sexy tomahawk. Right, exactly. Right? So the models look sexy. If you're a purist, right. get out your green stuff yeah. and make it look like a stone axe. Right. Fine. Right. If you want a sexy tomahawk, right. Metal the models up. look awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, yeah. don't, don't think that we're doing this because uh, we didn't do our research. No, 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 trust me. We've done our research. We spent a lot of time, talked to a lot of people. I know Matt and Brian, you guys, as the key researchers and, you know, folks with, with incredible backgrounds, um, you guys have spent a lot of time doing that. So we just made tactical decisions where necessary. Yes. Uh, and we'll get into some of those decisions and things like with the Aztecs, for example, obviously, right? For sure. So, but this is a good, I think it's good that you get into that detail because it's important for, for folks to know that it wasn't a, a screw up on our part. It wasn't a screw up and it was discussed in detail. Right, okay. Right, Sorry. We, we discussed it. We didn't want to upset people. That sort of brings us to our next unit. No. Yeah, I mean, there's a term in there that I, that's universal for all of right. these. We want to we want to talk about the special rules that go along. Oh, with yeah, because I think that's agent. really interesting for this faction. Right. So, like any other warlord, you're going to have tough. You're going to have wound. Um, he's got three times hand to hand. But what really uh, becomes a faction specific special rule for all of the nations is that they're woodsmen. Yes. Right. So that's going to allow them to move freely within uh, wooded terrain. Yes, uh, critically important for their ability to, to perform as intended. They move through the terrain, they use the terrain, um, and when we get to the spells, you'll see that they can make and manipulate the terrain. Um, they are at one with the woods, and what you want to do, where you're not armored, um, you are not a stand-to kind of, of army, when you get into the woods, the nation's the nations rule the woods on, on the Mythic America's game table. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's so appropriate to the, to the army. Um, so that, that's the Sachem. Uh, he's got upgrades, you know, standard things. Uh, he has the Mohawk Warriors. He can get more if he wants for a larger, um, you know, bodyguard group. Um, the next unit is actually the Sachem again, but this Sachem... Oh, this one is so awesome. This is the one that I was that you 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 stopped me because I was jumping ahead. This this, this is my favorite. Go ahead, you 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 tell it. This is the Sachem mounted on the giant war eagle. Yeah, pretty sweet model too. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. He looks awesome. It's he's the the model is ready to leap off. I love and the murder way he's sitting, yeah, standing it's, on it's that eagle. Cool. I got yeah. to paint him, and it was he did a great so job on that. Yeah. So much fun. And just like they didn't at that time have metal tomahawks, they also didn't ride on giant war eagles. <laughs> really? However, <laughs> it's, it is a mythology game, and it is just awesome. It looks, right? It's amazing. And by the way, when you look at it, you're like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So anywhere we took these liberties that Lord Mortis referred to, it was usually leaning into awesome. Yeah, of course. And, and this is at another, the end of the day, people, we're freaking nerds and gamers. So true. we're like, you know what? Um, this is our game. This is our fantasy. This is our mythology in how we present it. Yeah, I think you should be writing a War Eagle. When, I, I, I do want to inject one little thing here because I think it's important as we go along. Obviously, and you can add to this, um, you know, in this game, you get to play under two main umbrella, you know, uh, alignments the uh, uh, ever-living and the ever-changing, right? So in none of our factions, uh, of none of the ones that are in the book and none of the ones that are coming, are what you and I would know from all of the other games that we've played. Uh, none of them fall into one or good, another side, you know, neither good or evil. Correct. Right? So it's, that's important because you have to remember we're not trying to ever present any one faction or anything as either good or evil because you get into a whole nother you know place that we don't that we don't need to go to right so you can be ever living ever changing for all of the children the ruling children as is known in the fluff which is everyone that's a human being uh you get to play under those under those alignments and no one is going to fall on either the light or the dark side right there's no bad guy 
No, no. Right? There's also no good guy. Right. It's all about balance and this internal fight. And you'll see that in the yeah. as we get into the fluff. But just keep that in mind as you see this, because you have to build your your war bands to be able to play in one or two styles. Yes. So, um, okay, anyway, so a little interjection there. So if we're talking about the Sachem and he's mounted on a war eagle, there's obviously a significant point difference between the regular uh, Sachem on foot and the one who's mounted. Um, yes. And the war eagle is more expensive. But there's also the lack of your bodyguards for the, for the uh, Sachem who's mounted. Um, just to kind of grind through the stats, there's really only one difference for the Sachem. He has a, a bump of the res, which is what happens when you become mounted. Right. Uh, all the other um, statistics are the same. Um, but it, the war eagle does Yeah, except add. that, that he, he gets from the eagle. The, yeah. That's a significant yeah. bump. Right. So yeah. he's flying, he's which flying. is huge. Flying is huge. Um, he is fast 10, yes. which is huge. So it, theoretically, he's sprinting. He could be zooming a, entirely across the table. Yes. So there is um, really, there's a, you get a lot for investing in the mounted sachem. Right, he's a cruise missile. He's everywhere you need him to be. Um, you need to rally a unit. He's there. Um, that he, the eagle is fast ten, so he is all over the place. Um, really, really a powerful, powerful piece. However, as Father Time said, he does not have any bodyguard, so you do not want him to get caught out by himself. Um, great for grabbing um, objectives, and that's something else that's going to be different from the regular Warlords of Erewhon game is there are all kinds of objectives and things like that. And this guy, in my opinion, there is no more powerful um, objective-grabbing unit than, than this one. If you leave your caster hanging out in the back and your opponent's playing the mounted Sachem, just be prepared for like hell to rain down on <laughs> feathered hell to rain down on your caster because he will snuff your caster out and fly away and there's not a whole lot you can do about it which is awesome yeah uh, awesome obviously you like the sachem on war eagle I love the sachem on the war eagle <laughs> I know you do um, alright we're gonna have to we're actually gotta pick up the pace I think um, oh, it's our podcast we can make it as long as uh, we yes, like yes I understand but we have to we have to meet people to play test after <laughs> oh this, yeah yeah so what time are we meeting folks uh, I don't know 6.30 oh, oh we're right. supposed to meet them. um Next on the list, Medicine Man. Well, why don't we do this? Instead of going through every single unit... I want to go through every single unit. But then if you want to meet with folks, you're going to, you're going to be late. They're going Look, to be upset if at you. you're misdirecting like this, we're certainly going to be later. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> now, what were you going to say? Just go through my list? No, that's it. I'm just going to sit here and mope. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> say nothing now. <laughs> well, listen, we got to talk about the Medicine Man. We got to talk yeah, about yeah, the yeah. Medicine Man. Totally. The Medicine Man is the caster. This is your wizard. Yeah. If you play tribal nations. Right. Um, honestly. Love that pretty, model. Pretty, I freaking love that I model. Love the model. I have to say, uh, Father Time painted this. And if you look at the the, sh the turtle shell um, uh, paint job on that, it's, uh, it's out of control. You have to see it in person. I think it, 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 the photograph doesn't know justice. But you did a killer job painting that, that model. It was uh, a so labor of love. Yeah. And the sculptor killed it. On this yeah, model, really as well. great job, yeah, yeah, and, and beautiful, a, almost a little Easter egg. When you look at this model and you say, "What's going on with this dude's face?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. He it's freaking awesome. He is wearing a wooden mask, and what that's a callback to are the Iroquois False Face Society, Medicine Society members, and so um, this is a he, he was modeled after a False Face Society medicine man, and just came out. Awesome. Awesome. And that, it's really just a beautiful model. By the way, and, uh, and that, I think that's another intellectual itch that you should go scratch and find that out because it's, it's a fascinating read when you start reading into that. So the Medicine Man, from a statistical perspective, is pretty much the same as the Sachem, right? Because they're at very average stats. Um, but when you get into the special uh, rules is when you start and, – and quite frankly, he has – very similar rules to all other casters. You know, he's tough. He's got his wound. He's a woodsman for the tribal nations. Oh, wait. I remember what my idea was. 
Sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was for me to never finish. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a, part of the thought. Okay. Uh, uh, no, my idea was like, why don't we do half of these today? And we can do our next podcast, could be the other half of the unit. So we can actually spend some time on well, each unit. we could do that, but that would require... Uh, servers, servers to show up again. I yeah. think servers can do it. Yeah, I think I could probably could. Yeah, right, and so. I can talk all day about these things. I, so yeah, you Bob, can. Father exactly. Tom's going to have to tell me to show. No, up. I think we should do. <laughs> yeah. We should split this. I mean, it wasn't the plan, but I think we should split this into a, a, a two show situation. That's my vote. Okay. All right. There you go. Because we probably will spend the rest of this podcast. I don't know where we're at. I can just talk about. We. I can just listen about Medicine Man all night. Well, I mean, that, that's just, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Just the uh, the magic and the me- Medicine Man, and it's such an integral part of of the nations that it, it's going to be a good kind. And he's got an inherent spell, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah. So, so does everyone else have an inherent spell? No, no, yeah. they don't. I mean, he's so freaking cool. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. so the Medicine Man himself comes with a spell innate to his ability. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that you have to go out and pay or pick or or, or to one spell you get. Right, like he gets it for free. He gets it for free. Well, not really for free. We've added it in points, but <laughs> but from uh, from a game army building perspective, he is getting it for free, and it is called regrowth of the woods. And normally, and we haven't talked a lot about this um, yet, but normally a faction is designed with a spellcaster. And they have spells that are unique to their faction. So we're not using the spells per se from from the Warlords of Erewhon. And those spells are split. So there normally would be three spells that are for the ever-living and three spells that are for the ever-changing. And depending on which alignment you choose or you are forced into at the beginning of the game, those are the spells that you have access to. Mm-hmm. So normally you will have three spells that you can look at, and from there you choose which ones you want to, to have, right? Right. Um, ironically, the nations and the, and the Aztecs both break that mold, mm-hmm. but um, that's your standard for playing Warlord, uh, for playing Mythic Americas as a, a twist on the Warlords of Erewhon rules. Yeah. Okay? So, so right out of the gate, the Medicine Man has this innate spell, whether he's ever living, whether he's ever changing, he will always have regrowth of the wood. He's yes. really important to everyone's warband. Yes. So that you have to be very strategic in how you use him, right? Yes. I mean, there's no point in denying the fact that this dude is important to you. This dude is important. And recall that all of these units have woodsmen. Mm-hmm. And that is not common in the other factions. Right, that is a nation's thing. We mentioned before the tribal nations rule the woods, and the medicine man can can create little groves of forest all over the place. Right. So regrowth of the woods adds a woods terrain feature to your battle mat. That and you can drop it right on top of a unit, one of your own units. Um, you can use it to block another unit. Um, it is. Very, very powerful. Strategically, is a lot of fun to play. It yeah, really. It, it you have to be so aware of you're playing against a tribal nation's warband. You have to be so aware of how they're going to interfere with your plans and your movement. Right. And um, if you're the guy who shows up and you don't, and you're like, I'm not even bringing any woods terrain pieces. Where I'm just going to starve. We're going to deforest the whole game board. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Medicine Man's going to. He's going to take care of that situation. He's going to create the woods. Yeah. And what's cool, you know what's amazing too, when you start thinking about the the, the tribal nations, is um, this is just one portion of the tribal nations. Who knows what the the next uh, nation aggregates are going to have. Maybe they don't have woodsmen, maybe because they're from another part of the continent. So what you're going to see is we're going to be able to really sort of put like nations together and give them a flavor. And I think woodsmen gives us... The tribal nations are really unique Absolutely. flavor. Yeah. And, and appropriate. Yeah, right? totally very appropriate. Very thematic. Very thematic to the, to the army. Yeah. Um, okay, so regrowth of the woods, plain and simple. You're casting, you're creating a, a wood feature on the board. Yes. Okay. Second spell, this is not innate, but this is common to both ever-living and ever-changing, is um, deepening shadows. Yes. And so what Deepening Shadows does is it, in effect, it will give a unit the stealthy 
um, special ability, which makes them much, much harder um, to hit with ranged attacks while they're in the forest. So you imagine your, your Mohawk warriors um, stalking through the forest and the medicine man's magic is creating camouflage and shadows around them. So you know they're there and you're shooting at them, um, but you have no idea if you're it's a, them. It's a that. nice way to deal with one of the, I, I think it's a really, really clever way to deal with this faction, but also deal with this question that I've, I've gotten a few times, and I don't think it's a coincidence, um, of heavy armor. Mm-hmm. That we don't, you know, we don't have heavy armor, right? Well, how do you deal with that? You know, dwarves, you know, everybody's frustrated with the dwarves in Arrow 1 because they're hard to bring down because, you know, the heavy armor uh, situation. And guns. And guns, obviously, and cannons and all kinds of amazing stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's the meta, it drives the dwarves to the top. Um, certainly, from our experience of playing, I don't think it's a, it's a you know, uh, coincidence that I play dwarves and, and knights <laughs> <laughs> in Arrow 1. Um, but I think the, the reality is that. You can give some of that feel in so many different ways. Yes. That are flavorful to A, the game, the fluff, and the background. Because I think one of the things that this faction does specifically um, in, in a big way is really amp up the flavor of the game, like the background of the game. So, um, yeah, this yeah. faction feels unique. Yeah. When you're playing it, and you need to, t- I mentioned before, you need to put on your hunter mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to, you know, be a dwarf or a barbarian and just charge out there. God forbid you do that. If you, if you do that, then you're going to go home early. It'll be a fun game, but yeah. the, <laughs> yeah, you'll get to go home early. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so uh, you obviously, you can only take one. No, right? well, I mean, the, it's he's like any other caster in Warlords of Erewhon. Mm-hmm. You can upgrade him to magic level two or magic level three. You can pay ten points and get more spells. But you're going to have a maximum of one medicine. But, yeah, man. you can't have multiple oh, oh, medicine. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought yeah, you yeah. meant spells. Um, no, only one. Yeah. Only one. So you're not going to get multiple medicine man, so you can have medicine men, so you can have one casting, uh, you know, multiple force yeah. and the other one uh, making everyone He will be precious to you. But I will tell you that is not to say because he is not a must-have. You must not. You don't have to. You can include one, mm-hmm. um, and maybe some people will be. Well, I'll never run. I mean, that's a that's an auto. You know, auto include. I don't know. Honestly, it's, it depends on how you decide to build. It, your, it depends on what you're trying to do. There are a lot of different ways. You're right. There's yeah. a lot of different ways to to run your warband. When you start to see some of the spells, especially my favorite spell. You're gonna put a medicine man in yeah. there because you want that spell. All right, so so let's get to your favorite spell because it's the next one on the list. So now we're gonna start talking about ever living and ever changing spells. Right. Yes. Okay. So we're gonna go with the ever living first. And why is that? So just so you know, we can in the go game, with ever changing first, if you want. No, 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 no. I'm saying in the game, you don't get to choose whether you're gonna be ever living or ever changing, right? Because you are fighting for the balance and all this other stuff. Again, you'll have right. to get it. The, the fluff is really deep and immersive, I think. Uh, but when you play the game, you are going to be presented with one of the random situations, and that is you may be fighting for the ever-living or the ever-changing, and therefore uh, all these factions have spells that fall within, that are only usable if you happen to be fighting under one of those factions. Right. Okay, so that's why you have two sets of spells here. Sorry, I have to put that out there. Perfectly put. Okay, good. Okay. So, ever-living. The first spell for the ever-living is the Shifting of the Woods. And that is the best spell. I love ever to play... in the world. I love to play war bands or any game where there's a sneaky trick, right? <laughs> I love the sneaky tricks. If you say this out loud, though, everyone's going to know the sneaky trick. No, it, everybody's going to do it. <laughs> hey, I, I have no illusions that as soon as people get these in their hands, they're going to instantly be better than I am at playing this game. Um, yeah you know that's going to happen but shifting of the woods is so fun because what it does is it allows the medicine man to move a unit of warriors from one forest to another oh snap right it's nasty it's nasty yeah so you want a bunch of mohawk warriors in your backfield shifting of the woods you want a bunch of archers seneca archers to be hiding in it you know, on the flank, shifting of the woods. And it will make your opponent 
scared of all of the woods terrain on the board. Mainly because you want a Wendigo ambushing from the woods? <laughs> oh, yeah. Shifting yeah. of the woods. So I, I think the, the, the scariest part about shifting of the woods is objective grabbing. Remember that we have laid secondary, primary, you know, objectives in this game. And that is how you win, is scoring victory points. Um, you want a late game cheap point, shifting other woods. Yeah, I tell you what, a creative player is going to be able to do all kinds of shenanigans with you shifting other woods. Yeah, and you, this army really rewards tactical thinking. Movement is key to how you play this. You will not survive if you go head-to-head you're not if you run if you rush a bunch of you know Aztec bound on dead, you are going to not be a happy camper, right? No. So you have to be very smart in how you move these bad boys around because um, they really reward tactical movement. Yes, you don't go into the open field and mm-hmm. stand in front of a bunch of Aztecs no, or <laughs> a bunch of Incas with Intis. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, that's going to be bad. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Um, no, it, I, I listen. I, I think the spells are 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 uh, actually some of the most flavorful spells in the in the book. I think the next ever living spell, protection of the woods. Protection of the woods. Again, it's uh, so you'll notice the ever living um, tends to 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 have things that enhance your units, um, remove pins from your units. Um, and that's exactly what protection of the woods does. It's, it will pull pins off of of, of some of your units. Um, now the ever changing has a different feel to it, right? It feels very different. So tell us about the first spell on the ever changing list. Um, well, uh, it is called Vengeance of the Woods. Okay, and what's that do, Father Time? Uh, well, let me read it. Because <laughs> I don't have them memorized like you do. Um, it looks like it is a bit of a magic missile type of a thing where you're going to get... Oh, no, it's not. Right. All enemy units within three inches of the selected point. So you're picking a point within a wood terrain feature. Yep. And all enemy units within three inches of that feature suffer D3 plus one hits and are distributed onto the target in the same way as for shooting. So essentially what you have is a blast capability, you know, an area of effect capability. Yeah, so think about your woods placement, Mm -hmm. right? You can drop the woods. All the nation's units have woodsmen. They can run right through them. Now, so your opponent will have a choice, right? Like, do they want to go through the woods and have to take agility tests? Or are they going to go around it? And so you can easily create bottleneck areas where you can get folks to go in there and then boom, um, Vengeance of the Woods. And it is Vengeance of the Woods when you have a bunch of guys crowded together is brutal. Or two tribal nations players. Yes. <laughs> it's freaking unbelievable. <laughs> you're like, whoa. And you end up looking That's like funny. you're playing in, a, in the middle of a forest. Yeah, it's it's an incredible experience, actually, to watch that. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, and then the last spell, the last ever-changing spell, is Despair of the Woods. Yeah, and Despair of the Woods really is intended to bog down your opponent by adding pins to units. Right. So, so Despair of the Woods... And protection of the woods are kind of like polar opposites, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Huh? What? <laughs> we're we're at a full hour, and I know you want to you want to go to. Um, I think we can do this. Um, what I would suggest is we sort of finish up with the the kind of hero warlord level uh, folks, which I think we we've, we've just done. We've done the magic. Um, and then we save some of the goodies for for the next podcast because the the warband itself has some. Every one of the groupings within the warband have a very unique flavor, and I know once we get into things like a Sasquatch right. or a unit of Sasquatches, we could probably do a whole show just on them, right? Yeah. Um, or the Windigo. Oh, my! Mo- actually, I think one of my most favorite models in the entire range. The, the Windigo too. model is. Awesome, and the Windigo as a as a unit is awesome. Yeah, it is just when when we designed the Windigo, 
we talked about how do we make a savage hunter of men? And we nailed it. In yeah. My, in my humble opinion. Yeah. And I actually think one of the, one of the most fun stories in the rule book is, is the one with the, uh, with the Wendigo. Oh yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, and the red crow. I, I thought that that was, you know, uh, that actually kind of captures his personality if as it were. Yeah. But um, no, I think we should wrap it up at one hour, right? And okay. um, and go have our, our uh, design meeting and then have some uh, fun rolling some dice. Um, and then kind of bring you back, servers, next sure. week. Yeah, and thanks for having me today. Oh, no, I could, I could talk time, about right? this stuff forever. No, me too. That's why I think we should just give it justice. Uh, it's due it's to justice. And, uh, and bring it uh, Perfect. Bring it back. So we, we'll finish off the nations next week and then we'll run through my list and... Matt can uh, tell me why I take certain units other mm-hmm. than being painted, which is important to me. Because they're going to um, look so good it's on the table. It's going to look sexy on the table. And then our follow-up to this will be Aztecs. Correct. Right? So we'll, Correct. we'll talk about Lord Mortis's Aztec list. And who do we have? Um, who are we going to have as a guest? I don't know. Maybe, maybe Mike. Mike might be the guy. He's played the Aztecs uh, as much. It's either him or Such. So. We could have both. Could we don't have four mics, but we could. We do have four mics. <laughs> we do have four mics, yeah. don't we? We have a board. Oh, the studio yeah. breaking the studio. Yeah, in. baby. Um, yeah, so we'll do Aztecs, and then um, uh, that at least will set us up for the two streaming armies. Uh, but I anticipate this this uh, the nations could may go into three shows nah, at, at this. We'll no, get, you think we'll, we'll wrap, wrap it up? Into, yeah. Into, I, I, well, you don't like servers? You can have them here every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've worn out my welcome. Uh, all right, folks. So that's, uh, I hope that gives you a sense of what the Tribal Nations are about. And we'll catch you maybe even next week, I think, because I think we're going to try to squeeze one a week if we can if we can help it. Well, I think we can start doing that now. Now yeah. that we're past production stuff. And, and we actually have our new home. Exactly. So. Almost set up. Almost set up. And wow, we made it through one full episode with no cursing. Don't do it. Don't do it by the time. I'm not going to do it. Well done, boys. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well done. All All right, right, folks. Catch you next week. Bye-bye now. Bye.